Welcome to the Seek 24 podcast. My name is John Michael Lucido, and this podcast will feature some of our favorite podcasters recorded live at the Spoke Street Media Booth during Seek 24 in St. Louis. We hope these give you a glimpse of the energy and passion from the conference and help you in your faith journey. Enjoy. What's up and welcome to the Ask Father Josh podcast, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you and your walk toward eternity. Here's the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice. I will sit with your questions, study them, pray with them, and hopefully get back to you in such a way that is good for your sanctification. But here's the thing, Father Mike, I'm not perfect. Therefore, my advice might not be good for you. So if my advice is not good for you, please throw it in the trash. If it is good for you, pray with it, use it, and become a saint. Uh, today's show is super special because we are surrounded by thousands of friends at the Seat Conference. Yeah. And, uh, sh- what's up, y'all? And I'm uh, sitting with my good friend, Father Mike Schmitz. What's up, Father Mike? Hey, Father Josh. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. You know, this is an anniversary for us. I don't know if you are aware of this. Uh, yeah. This is where we met at 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah. So how many years ago? 10? 10? 10-year anniversary. You, because you were just ordained. I was ordained, yeah. yeah you, you just had your 10-year. Yeah. Me, I just had 20. Get out. What? Happy anniversary. Oh, man. You too, man. Thanks. This is, this is, this is great. Yeah. yeah. No, so we had, Father Josh and I had done a, um, a bar. Well, they, uh, so, <laughs> it's well, a bar. <laughs> but Ascension had made this video called uh, I Will Follow. I Will Follow about vocations. And so I'd been ordained 10 years and you were just ordained. Like a week. And it was like they made this video kind of two of us side by side, not really side by side, but yeah. like my life, his life, no really priests, whatever. And, uh, after that video, everyone's like, wow, how long have you and Father Josh been friends? I'm like, I have never met this guy yeah. yet. And then we were at Seek. And you saw me, and, and so I'm walking, and Father Mike is, is hanging out with some students, and he starts doing this. He's waving at me, and I'm thinking, this dude doesn't know me. Like, I, I know him. He doesn't know me. So I kind of, like, walk past you a little bit. And then you're like, no. And I was like, me? You mean me? <laughs> and so, we, yeah, it was, it was great. But I think my, my best memory with you uh, we've, is probably when you came down to New Orleans for the that. Vocation Directors Conference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Doing mass in the hotel was awesome. Yeah. Uh, your content was awesome. Remember the content that you gave, the talk is pretty awesome, the stuff you said. Thank you for that. Yeah, I, I loved it. Um, <laughs> and, but being in the elevator with you, you remember the elevator? Remind me. I started singing because I know how much you hate attention in a small elevator. Oh, yeah. And you got super embarrassed. You don't mind attention. Well, I'm actually introvert, so I don't like people, but I don't mind attention. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, one, another thing that, so two more things about that conference. One is I got in really big trouble. I know, but I loved it. What you said was great. It, but, and, and we're, it, not gonna, we're not going to talk about it. We're that. not going to talk about it. Um, but apparently some people took what I said out of context. Oh, wow. I, I, look, I, do, do, look, do, I, I Yeah. Don't okay, no okay, worry about it. I okay. saw it. I saw and, it. Uh, yeah. The next thing is we're in this restaurant. And um, so I'm from Minnesota where it's one of the most irreligious states in the, in the country, really legitimately is one of the most irreligious states in the country, down in Louisiana. Everybody's Catholic. Everyone's Catholic. And I've never, hey! ex- never experienced that in my life. And so like our waiter comes by and our waiter was this, you know, kind of a, he was a professional waiter yeah. in the sense that he was probably in his fifties. He had been waiting his whole life, like in a very nice restaurant. Father Josh treats us nicely when he come down to visit. And this is the kind of guy who would be the exact picture of a post-modern, post-Christian, like super not yeah. on board person. And I'm like, I'm, yep, that's, we just, two priests having dinner and he's going to come and he's going to be like, hey, fathers, here's all the things wrong with your religion. And he comes up and the first thing he says is, fathers, welcome to dinner. Before you ask, just went to confession last week on retreat. Now that I've said that, 
what would you like to eat? <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? Father Josh is like, can we pray with you, brother? And then our, the waitress, can we pray with you? And then we we'll, we'll drink, can we pray with you? I'm like, Louisiana is amazing. Yeah, man, it's great. Louisiana is awesome. awesome, super Catholic. Um, yeah, so shout out to L L Louisiana. Right, is that LA Tech over there? I see y'all. All right. They're the drear I'm looking at right now. Yeah, awesome. All right, so uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about vocations, but we're not going to focus on uh, priesthood and religious, which is normally what we talk about when we do vocation talks. Uh, we're going to talk about where vocations come from, and vocations come from the family. Yep. And so rather than focusing on priests and, and religious sisters and religious brothers, I think we should focus on the, the vocation of marriage because the majority of the people who attend the C conference are probably going to enter into this, this sacrament of matrimony. Hopefully, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and yet at the same time, we realize, you guys all know this. We don't need, you don't need us to tell us this. But a marriage in this country is at an all-time low. I believe that for the first time in ever, uh, there are, I think, between... It's like over 30% of adults between 30, uh, 25 and 45 have never been married. Wow. Yeah. And so it's on the decline. Yeah. And, and so it's one of those things that like, you're like, I know that's why it's so hard to find someone. But at the same time, when everyone's realizing this, we realize that like, wait a second, I have vocation that God is not going to abandon you. That's the big thing is God right. is not going to abandon you in, in your pursuit of vocation because, uh, because he, that's what he, his will is for you. Yeah, totally. And, and it's important that we highlight the vocation of marriage because uh, priesthood, stats show most vocations to the priesthood come from, from families, yeah. right? Um, where the mother and father are married. Um, not all, but there are stats that show, I think 75% of guys will show that. Um, and so we really need to focus on the sacrament of matrimony. It's super important. Um, so what I want to discuss, though, is how do you prepare for marriage whenever you're not even dating somebody, yeah. right? Um, and I think it's important because uh, I did, you're still in campus ministry now, right? Yep. I did campus ministry a number of years ago, and I would ask people about like their discernment, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm discerning marriage. I'm like, oh, great, like with who? They're like, oh, well, I, I didn't tell her yet. And I said, like, no, dude, you're a stalker. Like, that's, you're not discerning anything with anybody, right? Uh, but you can prepare, right? You can't discern it right now. You discern in a lived relationship. But you can prepare now for, for marriage, uh, even before you date. And so I want to have a convo with you, Father Mike, about some practical tools we can give our audience about ways that they can right now, yeah. even if they don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend, begin to prepare for marriage. Sounds great. Yeah. So I'll start. And maybe That'd you be can, great because so, I don't know any. <laughs> you just take up the whole show. So it's called Ask Father Josh for a reason. It, yeah, right. Hey, actually, let me... Father Josh, so how, what would you recommend people, you know? That's a great question. To do if they're not dating someone, how do they prepare? Man... You know, totally. yeah. I, just, I just thought of that question just I, now. I, I love it. I love the way you asked that question. So the first thing I would say is um, you need to surround yourself with, with holy, healthy, mature, married couples. So not just people your age. You're looking at no. people above. You want to look because, so it's like football. So I didn't play football growing up. I played basketball. So for years, I did not understand the game of football. Just didn't. And then I became a chaplain at LSU where football is the thing over there, right? Everybody plays football. Everybody watched football. Uh, ministry happens at tailgates, right? I heard so many confessions. On tailgates. Seriously. It's amazing. Yeah, people are awesome. Um, so I had to learn football when I went to LSU 10 years ago. And um, the thing about football is, is I didn't learn the game until I started watching the game. You, you can't just tell me about football right. and then expect me to get it. I had to like actually watch the game over and over again. Then I ended up loving f football, right? Same thing is for marriage. You can't just have a book about marriage. This is what marriage sh should be, right? You need to be around a lived witness, of a couple, and so for me, there's a, there's an awesome couple in uh, in Covington, Louisiana, uh, Herb and Lisa Flood, and 
Herb loves his wife so much. Dude will stand up whenever she walks in the room. He pulls out a chair for her. He never talks bad about her. He always affirms his bride. It's the most beautiful relationship. And even as a priest, I've learned how to be a better spouse of the church yeah. and father to my parish just by being close to this couple. And so when we get proximate to, to live witnesses, they can show us what it means to be a, a holy couple. Now, can you say something more about like the, the book learning versus that like in-person learning when it comes to like, because there are some books out there that talk yeah. about like, here's what good relationships are like, here's what good marriages are like. And I think sometimes we can hear that and like have an idealized totally. vision of like, uh, it's gonna be like, I mean, if we met my, if I meet my future spouse at Seek, like we are destined for like, sunshine and roses yeah. the rest of our lives. No, because people are people, right? And we yeah. have our own temperaments and we have our own personalities and we have our own family experience and our own family genealogy and the way that we deal with drama and trauma. And so yeah. if, if you try to base something off of a book, like that's not lived reality. We have right. to know the person and you learn the person and how to love the person and how to be loved by the person by being with the person. But we need people to show us like, this is what it can look like first. Yeah, it makes sense. I was thinking about this. I'll mention this tonight or this afternoon at my, my breakout. Um, because we, where we got to sit at mass, I don't know where you guys got to sit at mass. Um, it was relatively quiet and we yeah. were kind of scrunched, but other than that, it was relatively quiet, but are all around the room. I heard these like shrieks, these cries of these children. Yeah. And I was thinking like, wow, I'm really glad they're far away. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was also thinking like, no, there is someone right now who's trying, trying to go to mass. Yeah. But they're being distracted by life. Yeah. By the person that they're been called to yeah. love in this moment. So that their, their mission of that moment was not just like entering into like bliss of like the heavenly sacrifice, you know, the per perfect sacrifice of Jesus to the father. But it was like, no, the sacrifice of, I will take care of this child yeah, amen. as part of that sacrifice. So it's, it's, it, again, it takes it out of like the ideal and brings it really down it to does. the real. And for the people who are around that family where the baby's crying, kids are screaming, yeah. like it's our responsibility to say, hey, can I, can I hold your baby right now? Can right. I, can I help you and not judge them? Because if you think about the mass, the mass, I know you talked about that this afternoon, right? Yep. And so the mass is, is the a representation of the Holy Sacrifice, right? Calvary. Whenever Mary and John were that very first like sacrifice, yeah. it wasn't solemn. Nobody was chanting Latin. They right. were screaming, right. right? They were cursing Jesus yeah. out. He it was bloody. It was messy. And so whenever we go to mass and we have babies screaming and people crying or whatever, like that's fine. Yeah. Because it's supposed to look like Calvary and Calvary wasn't quiet and peaceful. It wasn't a silent night. Right. It's, it's, I think of that a lot because at our, our campus, we don't have a lot of children. We don't have a lot of babies. We have yeah. a lot of college students, which is awesome. That's what's supposed to be there. But sometimes it doesn't prepare us necessarily for reality. For reality. Yeah. And that's why it's real good to have people who are not your age in so your life. What you're saying is your students should stop going to mass at your student center. And they should start going to a parish with a bunch of babies. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no that's, that's not, not, not at all. At all. <laughs> But I think there's something, there's something to be said about multi-generational relationships. Totally, yeah. And so one of the things we, we do, we've done in our, our world is we're like, okay, so when I'm in high school, my, all my friends are high school age. When I'm in college, all my friends are my, are my same age. And when I'm beyond that, all my friends are in our early 20s kind of starting out life, as opposed to having deep and real relationships with people who are like, oh, you're newly married. You've been married for 10 years. You've been married for 30 years. And like that sense of... Um, wisdom that we miss yeah, out totally. on. So what you're saying is one of the greatest ways, best ways to prepare for marriage, the multi-generational multi relationships so you can see 
what love looks like in action. Totally. And just so we're clear with these multi-generational relationships and friendships, if you're like 18 or 19 or 20, your best friend can't be an eight-year-old. That's weird, all right? Yeah, that, that, um, that's not what we're saying. That's not what he's saying at all, right? Uh, <laughs> but you do want to have people in your life who are from different <laughs> generations. <Yes. laughs> um, at the same time, how many people here have um, brothers and sisters? Okay, I, I, so how many people here would say like, no, part of your being an older brother or sister is taking care of your younger brothers and sisters? Okay, that's, and that's a lot of us. And that's, that's yeah. something so good about that because it teaches us to get out of ourselves. I yeah. mean, I think that there's, I, there's a guy named Mike, you know Mike Sweeney? No. Mike Sweeney, was, he used to play professional baseball. Now he works for the- I heard about him, yeah. Right here, St. Louis. He works for the baseball team here called the- Cardinals. Cardinals, yes. I, I think, that's, I, think huh. I, I think those two things are true. Anyways, <laughs> Mike, when he, when he was a, just in playing the minors, he has some younger brothers. So he's an 18, 19 year old kid. And he's got an 11 year old brother. Uh, I think his, his name, uh, Timmy was his name. Yeah. And uh, Mike, he said when he first started playing professional baseball, they were bringing home $2.25 a day. Wow. It might've been $2.25 a week after they had paid their rent yeah. and everything. And so they didn't make a lot of money. And at one point they all realized they needed haircuts. So they pulled the money together, went to the local Walmart, bought a clipper set, and he became like the de facto haircutting guy. And after a while, he was like, you know what? I'm just doing this for free. I really like cutting guys' hairs. But I want to I wanna give my little brother, 11-year-old brother, a treat. I want to cut hair. And if you like your haircut, give me some money. And I'm going to pool my money. And after a year, I'm going to fly my little brother, Timmy, out to California to, play, to just have a weekend with him. So for a whole year, he cut hair just for his 11-year-old brother. Awesome. No, he made no money, yeah. right? And at one point, uh, some reporter was in the back locker room and saw this little tin can, tips for Timmy, what's the story, tells the story. The uh, president of American Airlines finds out about this and says, listen, travel voucher, Timmy can fly out from wherever he is to wherever you are, pay for the whole thing. So I would think that Mike, after having cut hair for a whole year, saved money for this thing, he's like, oh, it's paid for, well, now that's my money. Yeah. Timmy gets out there, he's 11-year-old brother, and he says, Timmy, here's this can, this is yours. What do you want to do this weekend? And I just thought, I thought, yeah. I, I, as an 18, 19-year-old older brother, would never yeah. do that. But here he is, as an older brother, just being a good older brother. Him as a father, he's a father to, I think, six or seven kids. And he is that man for his kids. Yeah. He's that man for his wife. Yeah. He's that man because that's the man he always was. Yeah, he totally. trained himself to be that guy who took care of, like, I'm going to go out of my way to think, what would my little brother want or need? I'm going to give him that thing. Love that. In theology, we have this thing called um, grace builds on nature, yeah. right? Grace actually perfects nature, right? Um, and so we tell our seminarians, our vocation director, as a seminarian, as a priest, what you're doing now in the seminary, right. you will do as a priest. If you're not fasting now, you ain't going to fast when you're a priest. If you're not praying now, you're not going to pray when you're a priest. If you're not serving the poor now, you're not going to serve the poor as a priest. And yeah. so you got to begin now, and then the, the, the Lord's grace will perfect it over time. And so what you're saying is like, yeah, he's always been the same person. And so even for marriage, as people prepare for marriage, if you're not even dating someone now, what you can cultivate is good friendships. Yeah. And as a, a good friend, you'll be a better spouse. Yeah, Absolutely. Because I mean, because especially it's one of those situations where I think everyone, every one of us, we want a friend. I, I just, I know that for myself, like just there's something about us that like, I, I want a friend. I mean, how many people even right now, not to get overly personal, overly deep in this moment, 
But how many of us in the midst of a crowd of thousands and thousands of people are like, I feel so alone right now. Oh yeah, totally. Because it's like, everyone seems to pair up already. Everyone already has their, their people they're traveling around the conference with. And I feel so alone. I just want a friend. And, th and that's, that's a real thing, A. But secondly, I may not be able to get a friend because of life circumstances, whatever. But I can always be a friend. Amen. Yeah. That's the thing is I might not always be loved in the way I want to, but, but I, can I can love. always love yeah. in the way that someone needs. Yeah, totally, totally. And one thing that I think helps friendships to mature and to grow is uh, practicing healthy communication. Yeah. Right, if we don't know how to talk right now, we're not going to talk in marriage. And the majority of marriage is learning how to talk to your spouse, right? In front of your kids and about your kids and about work and about jobs and about drama and about conflict. And so we need to learn how to have like healthy conflict yeah. and friendships and how to like persevere in a friendship, even whenever we're beefing with each other, because that's what's gonna happen in marriage all the time. Well, I think it's funny because you say that um, so much of communication or a marriage is communication. I, I saw a meme uh, like a couple years ago that said, after 10 years of marriage, I discovered that 80% of our relationship is shouting the word, what, from the other room. This is true. Like, yeah. I, I'm like, I read that and I thought like, ha ha. And then I thought, no, oh my gosh, that's my mom and dad. You guys, my mom and dad have, a, they have, a, they have an incredible gift. My mom and dad had, before my mom, my passed away this last year, before they, she died, my mom and dad had this incredible gift. They were married for 55, 56 years. They had the ability to create a fight out of an agreement. Honestly, they, they do this. here's an actual story. This is true. My mom says, hey, Peter, did you feed the dog? Oh, no, I haven't fed the dog yet. Wait, you said you fed the dog? No, 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 I said I, ju I just said I didn't feed the dog. Oh, but I thought you said you just fed the dog. No, 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 I just said I didn't feed the dog. But I thought you said you fed the dog. I know you thought that, but I said I didn't feed the dog. Well, I thought, you I'm like, dude, there's nothing to fight about. Yeah. What is happening right now? And so then as kids, we step in and say, you know, referee, that doesn't work ever. And that was 56 years. That all, that all can change if you're willing to just stop, listen, yeah. and say, okay, what did you mean? Yeah, totally. And it's like, no, they were very happy. They loved each other very much. But, well, googly moogly. Yeah, no, but listening, right? We, the Lord gave us two ears and one mouth. And yeah. so even the theology of our bodies, we're supposed to listen more than we speak. One of my friends, she has a practice with her husband. Uh, uh, they always say this. They, they have disagreements, right? They're, they're good, holy Catholic couple, right? Um, but they're, they're different people, and they deal with situations differently. But after an argument or after a difficult conversation, they have a rule, and I would encourage everyone to, to practice this rule in your friendships now and potentially in marriage later, and it's this. Is there anything that is left unsaid mm. that we've not yeah. said? Because I know for me, like, that's, like, I always have like five more things I really want to say, but like, I, I'm cool with like, just like stopping the fight to stop the fight. But if you ask me that, I'm like, well, Father Mike, I'll be honest with you, bro. Like, you blocked me whenever I left that voicemail on your phone so many years ago. <laughs> um, and I'm still not over it right now because uh, you haven't unblocked me yet. Yeah, I know. And you bring it up in front of all these people. Thanks yeah, a lot. It's, it's called passive aggressive, right? <laughs> yeah, friend, 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 friends. <laughs> How many of us? What? Friends. Oh, wow. Okay, it's a song. I'm going to try it with the audience real quick and see if they get it. All right, there's an old school song. I hope somebody can get it. Friends. Ba-boom, ba-boom. Okay, I have like five people who know that. All right, the rest of y'all um, don't know that. That's great. Uh, it's old school rap. Um, yeah, I'm thinking of the Golden Girls theme song. Dude, That's okay. the one I'm thinking well, of. They have the funniest. It's terribly inappropriate, <laughs> but they're so funny, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, you know, okay, well, going back to what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> 
about if we were the Golden Girls, who would you be? I, the only one I remember her name is Rose and Blanche. Yeah, I'll be Blanche. You'll be the other one. Okay, great. Uh, okay, I'll be Rose. Awesome. Yeah, okay. Right. Um, is, uh, you mentioned that after, at, at the end of the argument, are there any things left unsaid? There's a psycho- clinical psychologist out of Canada who talks about this. He says with his wife that to make that decision, he said, because if there's something that's left unsaid, it will come up later on. Yeah. And it'll come up in the most vicious way. Mm-hmm. And that sense of like, in this moment, can I calmly and clearly communicate this? Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what a I'm hurt, thinking. A pain. A hurt. Yeah. And if I don't, it will come out. And I'm like, no, I'll be the bigger person right now. I'll just swallow it right now. Well, if you swallow it, something's going to happen. Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing is like, sometimes people, you mentioned temperaments. Sometimes people are, uh, I remember hearing this the other day, or actually it was like 10 years ago, but that some people, their temperaments are their, te- their stamp collectors. And so like, I have a brother-in-law who's a stamp collector yeah. in, in, in some fights. And he, he actually self-confessed this. So it was one of the situations where he was working on it, where he's like the most mellow guy, the most chill guy. Someone does something that makes him upset. He's like, no problem. Just stamp. Yeah. Nope. Something else happens. No problem. Easy going, easy going. But at some point, the whole page is full of stamps. And something's got to go. It's like, boom, explodes. And he's like, that's what I do. I'm so chill. I'm so chill. And then all of a sudden, it just explodes. Instead of, this is no big deal. I'm actually going to deal with it. Yeah. While it's no big deal. Totally. Before it gets out of control. And what happens, if we don't bring something up, if we keep something inside, over time, as human beings, we have this great gift of changing reality. Oh, totally. And so the conversation we had, the, the pain I felt, I've totally changed it to something else. Now, yeah. if I wait two months, as opposed to just like bringing it up in the moment when it's fresh or scheduling it, saying like, look, right. there's a conflict. And for, for me, I need to have it scheduled. Like if you say on the spot, like, let's talk about drama, I can't do it. But if you tell me, hey, let, on Thursday at 7 p.m., can we have a conversation? I can like mentally prepare myself for that conversation, yeah. um, but at least we'll address it. Um, and it's, it's biblical too. The Bible says, do not go to bed angry, right? With, any, with your spouse especially, right? And so to be able to address things so that small things don't become big things that cause dr- drama for the enemy to you know, cultivate division. Well, I think there's something there too. And I don't know if you guys have had this experience before, but um, sometimes I, so it must've been two, no, it was, it was over three years ago. And, uh, and I was at my parents' place and all my siblings were there with us. And at one point, my, I have an older brother. My older brother is just, he's the coolest. Uh, he's in the special ops in the army and just like oh, this sweet. whole kind of like, he's, he's, he's awesome. And he's been a great brother my whole life. At one point, uh, he said something. We were, we were sitting up late at the kitchen table and there were a lot of aluminum on the table. And, uh, and at one point, he said something. I was like, no, listen, like that's not okay. You can't just say this, da 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 da. And he sat back and he just kind of had this, because he could kill me in any moment. Like he literally, with one hand. And he just kind of took it in. And I got done. I'm like, ah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's like, no, I like it. Like, you're always so careful with your words that this like, finally, that's what you really think. And I thought about that for a long time, like for weeks, months, because like, no, no, you're so careful with what you say that finally hearing what you really think. I was like, wait a second. I'm careful because I don't know if what I'm saying is actually true. Yeah. So in that moment, right, sometimes this can happen where we're so ramped up or so, you know, excited with that friend, with that sibling, with that spouse, whoever it is, that I'm going to say something. I have to stop before I say it and say, is this what I think? And also, does what I think, is this actually true? So there's a way of communicating that. Like yelling at my brother was probably not the way, way to go. Correct. But at the same time, there was this piece of like, wait, is 
to be able to ask him, hey, is this true that such and such? Yeah. Because this is what I'm thinking right now. Yeah. And I think there's there's a way to do it too. There is, totally. To leave it not unspoken. You speak about your family. I, I want to share a glorious about my parents. So my, my parents have been married for a long time. My dad's 85, I think. Awesome. Mom's in her 70s. I can't say her age because she'll kill me. She doesn't like that. But <laughs> um, during, during my life, like my, my parents, like your parents, they fought a lot or whatever. And then I come home one day as a priest now and they're flirting with each other. And I had never seen my parents flirt ever. Yeah. And my dad kissed my mom and he kind of like smacked her on the tush. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? That's disgusting. <laughs> Cause I didn't, I didn't see that, right? Yeah. And so I asked my mom, I said, mom, like what's up with you and dad? Like, that's weird. And she told me, she said, you know, Josh, she said for so many years in our marriage, I was grasping at your father and I was trying to possess him and make him into the husband I wanted him to be. And she said, and I could never get that. And so I saw there was like this tension because he yeah. felt that. Yeah. And so as she got older, uh, and she prayed a lot more, she began to go to adoration more, pray the rosary more, spend time with scripture. She fell more in love with God. She fell more in love with Jesus. And Jesus began to satisfy her so much so that she didn't need my father to satisfy her anymore. And so whenever Jesus became everything to her, she stopped grasping at my dad. Now, my dad didn't perceive that he was being possessed anymore. He felt free to be himself and he was free to love her now. And she was finally free to receive that love. Yeah. And now they have the most beautiful marriage, but it didn't happen until their later years of life. And so even if you're in marriage now, let's just jump forward from not dating at all to having good friendships, to getting engaged, and now you're married and your marriage is difficult, it can get better. Like there, there's totally. always hope, right? And so, uh, but it started when my mom first had to let God be her everything. And, and so I think for all of us, whether we are experiencing grasping right now or trying to possess somebody or make a friend, be somebody that they're not, who we want them to be, our spouse, our boyfriend, or girlfriend, whatever, the invitation from the Lord to bring us to the Bible now is the Beatitudes. Um, blessed are the poor. Because those who are poor in spirit are those who really believe that Jesus Christ is sufficient. And when God is enough, I don't need anything or anyone to satisfy. Everything else is, in Louisiana, we say lanyap. It's, it's extra. Was Everything's it? extra lanyap. Yeah. You heard the word before? Lanyap? Never. Yeah, it's, it's a made up word, Louisiana. Yeah, lanyap. All the time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's extra because God is enough. And so it's important for us also right now, before we ever get married, um, to cultivate a deep, intimate relationship with Jesus. Fall so in love with Jesus now that Jesus Christ is everything. That way we're not looking for somebody else to try to fulfill us because we, all have, this, we have this infinite ache in our heart and there's no finite person, no matter how good they are, friend, boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, whatever, who can ever fulfill us. Only God can. Yeah, you even said that, like that sense of, there can be a lot of people in relationships or marriages that they feel like it'll never get, could never get better. Yeah. You know, they, they actually did a study, this, this was years ago, they did a study with those couples who they found themselves in a situation where they thought our relationship, our marriage could never get healed and they gave up, they, mm -hmm. they, they left. Other couples in the same spot said our relationship can never get healed and they, but they stayed together. They found, this is, this is one of those statistical kind of things, they found that those who split up, they were no happier after they split up the majority were no happier after they split up than before they got split up. Wow. The majority of those five, 10 years later who stayed together said they could not have imagined wow. the healing and the hope and the love that they experienced five, 10 years later, 10, five, 10 years ago mm. before that. And that's, that's rally for all of our lives. And in yeah. fact, there's one of those situations where it comes to even like individual lives is so often 
we go through the valley of the shadow of death. Like there's seasons where our lives mm. are just marked by darkness. Our seasons, our lives are marked by suffering. And so often our lives can be like, I don't know how this could possibly get better. But the reality, of course, is that when we continue to walk with the Lord, yeah. it does. It does. I, that, it, it, yeah. it, there's, there's, he makes all things new. There is such a thing as, you know, hope. There's no such thing as hope apart from Christianity. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. There's literally no such thing as hope apart from Jesus. Apart from Jesus, all we have is optimism. Mm. We have wishful thinking. But hope, hope is what? I like to define hope like this. Hope is trust in another extended into the future. So hope is trust in another. Like, okay, God, I know that you are good. I know that you are love. I know that you know my name and you will always be with me. Now that you're with me now, I also trust that you will be with me in the future. Yeah. And so without, without Jesus, we don't have hope because without Jesus, how, who would we trust? Without Jesus, how would we even know that there's such a thing as a future? And so I think there's something so profound about this that for every one of us listening to this, um, whether we're in a marriage, not in a marriage, if we're in a place that, again, that value of the shadow of death, to realize that it will not, as dark as things are, it will not stay this way. Yeah. And as you, as you say the words, uh, the value of the shadow of death, it makes me think of St. Coolio. Um, he had a song in the 1990s, as I walk <laughs> through the valley of the, I take a look at my life, because I've been laughing it so long that, that my mind is gone, but I ain't never, that didn't deserve it. <laughs> Feel like, you know, that's unheard of. You better watch how you're talking or where you're walking. Are you and your homies might be praying in church? Um, because I know that one. That's that's Amish Paradise, right? Yeah, Amish Paradise. That's it. That's, that's, I know there, that one. There it is. That was great. Thank you. Thank Maybe you for we that. Spend most of our lives yes. living in an Amish Paradise. A, I know in that. A, in a heavenly paradise. Yes. Uh, I know that one. All right. So we always end the show, Father, with um, with a saint for the day. And so as we're talking about marriage, but we're also emphasizing just relationships, today is the feast day of oh, Basil Basil and, and Gregory. Gregory. It's like our friendship. Yeah, right that's there. it, man. Um, which one are you, Basil or Gregory? I don't know. Which one is better? Oh. No, that's you then. I was going ah, to flip yeah. it. It's called judo. Great. Oh, man, you're so good. Right. Because <laughs> oh, that's, wow. that's what they say, right? Yeah. That, that in, in the document, they said, um, in one of the letters, he said, They pursued it. We, we, they said, normally... Uh, a life pursuit, pursuit in Christ and pursuit intellectual formation would be we'd be competing for each other for who was better. In virtue, yeah. But we were the opposite. We wanted the other person to be, be better. More, yeah, and I want you to be better. That's what I was just saying. That's oh, what man. I was trying to you're, say. You're better. To, no, yeah. you are. You're so much better. Yeah, you are. Yeah, uh, I know I am. Um, there it is. So, but one of the cool things too is that they also said we are as if we have one soul but two different bodies. Yeah. Because they have the same love for the Lord, same love for heaven. Um, and so, but I really, I always say this, I said this last year, uh, I, I, I gotta affirm you, uh, you are a really good priest. Um, there are so many people that I've met uh, over the years in ministry, uh, and you are just, uh, you're the same person from 10 years ago. You are holy, you're joyful. And um, yeah, I just, I believe that you'll be a saint one day. Uh, so I'm gonna take a piece of your hair right now. <laughs> So get, the, get one of the gray ones. So uh, that's very nice of you to say. Here's a true story that happened to me yesterday. I was on a plane. I apologize. All of you who are on buses, <laughs> I was on a plane. I'm so sorry. But I was sitting in front of two priests. And this is really great because, see, when I'm traveling, uh, especially on planes, like, I have these things called headphones, which I just love because introvert. Dude. Again, uh, oh, yeah. It's just like, I'm like, oh, okay, this is like yeah. a kind of a universal do not disturb sign kind of a situation. But there are some people who love talking on planes. And I was so grateful because there are two priests behind me, love talking on planes. 
and they found each other. It was great. That's awesome. <laughs> but one's from Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis. One was from Bismarck Diocese. And, and so I had my, I had my noise-canceling headphones on, and I could still hear them. They were very excited to see each other. Um, and you came up. Oh, come on. And, and they're like, oh. And it was, it was so good because also I had, had this hat on, headphones on, collar up. You know, I'm just like incognito kind of oh, situation. Yeah. I don't know if they knew I was there. But they mentioned Father Josh Johnson. And both of them like, oh, man, he is the real deal. He is a priest priest. He is the kind of guy who just like, they, they, they like unbidden un and kind oh, of well, like without God. any other thing. They just were like, and I was sitting in front going like this. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, he is. Because it's man. true. I'm so grateful for you. Oh, man. This is I've great. known you ever since you were a baby priest. I, this is true. Yeah. yeah. I, got, I think I got a first blessing from you even. I'm not you sure. You probably did. Yeah. But, uh, but, but I told you from the jump, like whenever uh, we were at Abbey Fest uh, at, the, at the seminary, and I was like, man, like, I look up to you. you you're doing this really well. Um, you've remained faithful to the Lord, to the church, to prayer. And so uh, you have been an inspiration to me. So thank you for, yeah. For, Hopefully you both keep it up. Amen. Otherwise, we're going to hell. I know. And I don't want to you know, go there. No, it was Catherine of Siena who said the road to hell is paved, paved with by. priest skulls. Yeah, I know. That's a great vocation plug. Yeah. 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 So we did talk about marriage for a second. But keep in mind, gentlemen, if you're discerning a vocation to marriage, or if the priesthood, priesthood yeah. yeah, the Catherine of Siena, said, be careful, because the road to hell is paved with priests' skulls. So, if you're a priest, be a good one. Yeah, so in short, don't go to hell. All right, <laughs> yes. uh, well, that was the show, so thank you saint. so much for the mic. Yeah, be a saint. That's a better way of saying it. Be a saint. All right. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more info on the Seek Conference, visit Seek focus.org This episode of the Seek 24 podcast was produced by Spoke Street. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.